T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Well, you can tell right away he's really a great communicator. Um, I think that uh, as, as a former player, but also someone who's been in the front office and been a manager, I think he understands the game from every angle. And he communicates well with his players, and I think that's one of his great strengths, and, and that's pretty obvious just watching him on the first day of camp. Mm, Tom Ricketts talking to the media today. The Cubs owner talking about his new manager, Craig Council. We'll hear much more from Tom Ricketts a little bit later on. We have all of Tom Ricketts's media interaction today, which he usually does once a spring training. So we'll hear that in a little bit. I am Mark Rohde, in for Bernstein at home today, here with you until 2 o'clock, at which time it is the Parkins and Spiegel show. Today, featuring a couple of my favorites, Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. They will be with you from 2 o'clock until 6 o'clock. We'll transition with them just before their show uh, gets going. Also want to tell you that uh, BetMGM and 670 The Score are honoring Hall of Famer, Chris Chelios's career and the retirement of his number seven jersey this Sunday. Mullion Haw will be broadcasting live at Kaiser Tiger from 12 to 3. The show is expected to feature a visit from the man of the hour, Chris Chelios, and other special guests. Come by and say hello before uh, going to the game. That's this Sunday from 12 to 3 p.m., Kaiser Tiger, located at 1415 West Randolph, near the United Center. BetMGM is also celebrating by offering a $7 bonus bet to all customers in Illinois. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. All right, let's talk about the Chicago Cubs, and let's do it with a fellow Illinois State guy. He is uh, Tony Andraki from the Marquee Sports Network. He joins us now on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline. Download the the, uh, Circa Sports app today. What's going on, Tony? How are you, man? Hey, Mark. How are you? Doing great. I I am uh, doing well as well was uh, just talking White Sox a little bit earlier, and now we get to talk some Cubs. And I actually want to start with you the same way I did uh, with Josh Nelson of the Sox machine, but as it pertains to the Cub, Cubs, as as presently put together for the Cubs, what are you most looking forward to about the Cubs this year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'd say the young players. Like I wouldn't necessarily call it like a youth movement, but – 
I think this team has more opportunities for a lot of young guys. Uh, you know, Christopher Morell at third base, for example. I mean, we heard similar narrative, I think, around this time last year that he was going to try to play in the field more, maybe at third base. And um, I think the Cubs learned a lot after last year. They don't want to put a 23-year-old, 24-year-old at DH full-time. So I'm curious about that. I'm curious about, you know, Pete Armstrong making the opening day roster or not. Michael Bush, the trade acquisition from the Dodgers, you know, if he takes first base and runs with it and becomes this left-handed slugger that the Cubs hope they could be, that he could be, and, you know, clearly think that he could be based on the trade, you know, all of that. And then who gets the fifth starter spot? Is it Jordan Wicks? Is it Javier Saad? Is it a veteran like Drew Smiley? You know, when do guys like Ben Brown or Kate Horton or some of the other young pitchers come up? So I think that's, that's one of the most exciting things um, from my end is like, seeing which of these young guys can get their opportunity and run with it and become like a next piece of, of the core that the Cubs have for the next few years. God, I want to talk about all of that, all of those things that, that you just said. <laughs> I'll start like towards the end of where you were, and then I got a couple other things about the, the response you just gave. Kate Horton was one of the names that, that dinged in my head when you were talking. What do you project for him in terms of when Kate Horton would – would be here potentially for the Cubs, the pitcher for people who don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know for sure. I, I mean, I think the the Cubs are super high on him, and more and more around baseball, people are super high. We, we keep seeing these national prospect rankings, and he's up there. I think he's a consensus top fifty across the board, across all outlets, and uh, some of them I think he, like eighteen or something was one of the the highest that he was at. Uh, so he's one of the best pitchers pitching prospects in all of baseball and among the best right-handed pitching prospects as well so he's a guy that you know got to double a last year he's knocking on the door even if he starts in double a maybe it's more likely he would start in triple a he's essentially one call away and very well could be regardless of whether he's in double a or triple a and so i think we'll see him this year i don't think that's a super bold take either and um as a matter of when i think that just depends on injuries and it depends on some of the other guys so Jordan Wicks and Javier Saad, Drew Smiley, as I mentioned, like I think those three are uh, among the favorites for getting the fifth starter spot. And Smiley and Assad particularly could be in the bullpen if they don't make the rotation. Yeah. And then after that, you know, it's Ben Brown and Caleb Killian still around. And, um, you know, depending on how the Cubs work, all of that. But honestly, Kate Horton looks so good that uh, they might well just decide and say like, hey, yeah, he's he's one of our best five best pitchers or four best pitchers or whatever it is. He needs to be in the big league rotation and go from there. Um, but I don't know when that happens. It very well could happen by June or July, and he could take off. Do you think that Jordan Wicks is going to be the favorite? I know you gave those three candidates for the fifth starter. Do you think that based on what he did last year that he's going to be the favorite to be the fifth starter? Like they, they ideally want him to win that gig? Yeah, and so I think there's a fourth, too, that I forgot to mention with Hayden Wesneski, who yeah. I think is really interesting because Craig Council called him out by name when he was first getting hired. And uh, Wesneski talked about it at a Cubs convention that, you know, he he thought that it was really cool that Council was saying, hey, I want to I see a guy like Hayden Wesneski pitch and see him with my own eyes and, you know, as a manager, as a coach of this team now. So I think that's really interesting. I, I think Council did it was very uh, conscious about that. Like that was definitely a, a plan on his end. And I think Wesneski we saw in tw- the end of 22 like his potential. So I wouldn't be surprised if Wesneski, you know, who won the spot last year, the fifth spot out of, coming out of camp, if he were in the mix again, 
but my gut is Wicks is uh, kind of the guy. Again, that's right now. That's day of uh, first full squad workouts. But I feel like just the way he pitched down the stretch and how advanced he is, how mature he is, what he learned in those seven or eight starts in September with the team, I feel like he seems to me like the guy. And if not, you know, no big deal. They can send him back down to AAA or they can give him a couple starts and then send him back down if need be. But because the other three guys, Wesneski, Assad, and Smiley, can all pitch in the bullpen, uh, Wesneski and Assad also have options, can, can start the year in AAA in the minors or whatever too. To me, right now, I would say Wicks is the guy. Another prospect that you mentioned was Pete Crow Armstrong, PCA, who in the small sample size in the, the 13 or 14 games, he was 0 for, did not get a hit. I think it was 0 for 13 um, in the bigs, just seemed a little bit jumpy and you know made some nice defensive plays as well. But as far as anything that you've seen or heard, has there been an adjustment at the plate, optimism in that area because he just you know small sample size he looked overmatched yeah he did and I think a lot of it was like catching up to the heater uh, yes. whether it was high fastballs or just velocity in general and he, obviously he sees velocity in AAA it's not a major difference major jump in terms of velocity but for whatever reason I agree he just did seem overmatched at the plate on the stretch last year and I think that was the main focus and it, it was really good valuable information to go into the offseason and Jed Hoyer pointed out right after the season ended his end of season presser where he talked about and, and told this to Pete Crow Armstrong as well that Anthony Rizzo came up and struggled in San Diego and learned a lot of a lot from that went down made some adjustments came back up with the Cubs the next year and was up to stay so the, the Cubs are certainly hoping that PCA follows the same path and I think that was 13 at bats or 16 plate appearances whatever it was were really valuable because it showed him the weaknesses, showed him the area he needs to address, shows him how big league pitchers are going to try to get him out, and it gave him all offseason to work on it. So I don't know the exact adjustments he's made to kind of handle velocity in some of the other areas, but I certainly know that it's something that like he was focusing on very hard hard uh, this winter. And that's one thing that we've always heard from PCA or about PCA is his work ethic is is pretty incredible. I mean, just in the couple few short years here, he's been a part of the Cubs organization. It, Sure seems like the work ethic is, you know, off the charts. So uh, I, I fully anticipate he's going to come back around, make those adjustments. I just don't know if he'll be on the opening day roster. Mm. I think it might depend on some other moves. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And obviously one of those potential moves is if they do sign a center fielder like yes. Cody Bellinger. Yeah. As far as I know, up to the second, he has not been signed by the Chicago Cubs what have you thought about this obviously drawn-out process, and what do you think about the Cubs' chances of still landing Cody Bellinger to play center field? Yeah, I mean, what I've thought about it is uh, it, a process like this, and like I remember Bryce Harper and Manny Machado a few years ago, it, it makes me want what they're rumored to be talking about, like a two-week free agency period in December. Like, I, as a baseball fan and, honestly, as a baseball writer too, like I would like that. It'd be nice to know that these things aren't – dragging into late February or maybe even early March. Like, um, so that's my personal opinion is I feel like, like all the moves should be made definitely before spring training, but like before February, that would be an ideal uh, Avenue, I think. But yeah, you know, I, I I think it's kind of fair on both sides, like Bellinger is shopping around trying to get the best contract he can get. This is certainly his best opportunity of his entire career to get the biggest paycheck and he's 28. He's coming off a great year where he got MVP votes. 
He obviously had a couple tough years prior to that, so this is his best opportunity in free agency. And, um, and nobody can blame him for trying to go out and, and get that bag, get that big contract. I don't know who else is going to give it to him at this point, though, besides the Cubs. And so I feel like it is just this, like, stalemate of, like, the Cubs and Jed have their offer out there. I don't know exactly what that offer is, but it's like, you know, here, maybe go see if you can find a better offer somewhere else. And as of yet, they haven't found one. So I still am optimistic he comes back. I just don't really see a, a good path for another team to, to sign him. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Angels, you know, they, they let go of uh, Shohei. Obviously, he walked and went, you know, to L.A., <laughs> the other team in L.A. Um, but I don't I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's a perfect fit there for Bellinger. So I'm just not really sure. I don't know of another team that would go out and sign him or give him close to the contract that the Cubs are offering. So I'm still optimistic he comes back to the Cubs. I just have no idea when. If they don't sign him. I know you just said you're optimistic, but let's just take the other side. If they if they are not to sign Cody Bellinger and they you know promote from within or whatever they do, is there any way to make a case that the Cubs, as they are right now, could be better than they were last year when they did win 83 games? So, yeah, that's a really interesting thought experiment. Like, are they better – if you look at it on paper, I'd say no. I would say they're not. When you lose Marcus Stroman, who for the first half was the Cy Young candidate, and then he got hurt and uh, had some, um, had you know his ex- ineffectiveness on the mound. I'd say for a while, even before he got hurt, and then when he came back. But you have Shota Imanaga, who the Cubs feel very good about. You have all the young pitching that we talked about earlier that could come up and either fill in the rotation or in the bullpen. So I think you feel good about the pitching staff. But, yeah, the offense on paper doesn't look like it could be better when you're getting rid of your best hitter, the guy who was, you know, three and four in the lineup for much of the year. When he was out was the worst stretch the Cubs had last year in mid-May to mid-June. That was the their lowest point. And then, you know, obviously we saw the run that he went on in July and in August where he was one of the best hitters on the planet. I think he had the most RBIs in either all of baseball or all of the National League in the second half. So, you take away a guy like that and you have to replace the production elsewhere. The reason I think that it's possible to say that they would be better is just because of last year that the Cubs in high leverage moments, and we talked about it, it was a narrative all year was they had so many one run losses and they were their Pythagorean record and their run differential and all of that (laughs) indicated a better team. So with a little bit better luck with randomness going in their favor, they could essentially have the same year as last year and do it over again and have mm-hmm. five or seven more wins. Plus, you add in Craig Council, you add in some more pitching depth, these young guys coming up. I do think it's possible. I just think the path to get there without Bellinger in the lineup is tougher. I think with Bellinger, I would feel much more confident in saying, like, yes, this team is better in 2024 than last year. Yeah. There's also the the Craig Council factor on this team. You know, if you believe – in in manager wins what they obviously think of him and what they think that Craig Council can handle. And then there's the part of how much say does Craig Council have in what's going on? Is this his own mini little Craig Council rebuild going on? What do you think about the Craig Council effect overall and what maybe the Cubs management, the upper management, is is thinking when it comes to improving this team this year and now? Yeah, I think Council has been a big part of that. Like uh, his 
his front office experience is huge. And you know, we heard Tom Ricketts even talk about that today, like council being in the front office and learning that and understanding that uh, I think is a big, a big help. And I think back to what Boog Shambi said on our Cubs weekly podcast, right after council was hired, just that council has had every little job and he knows like every corner of a front office or a baseball organization, how it all works. And he talks to everybody from R and D to you know, the minor leagues to the coaching staff to front office. And he obviously knows what it's like to be a player, having won, you know, World Series himself as a player. So I think he, he just understands so many different facets of a baseball organization. And I think that's very helpful. He's a guy that he's not just the, the manager, but he's the face of the organization. He's the guy that talks to the media every single day, like David Ross did before him or Joe Madden before that. But he's also like this, I don't know. It's almost something more than a coach, right? Like he's an extension mm-hmm. of the front office. He's an extension of R and D. Um, so I think he understands all of that. And, and that the Cubs obviously are, are considering him when they're roster building and figuring out, you know, Christopher Morell at third base, or if PCA makes the opening day roster, or if he goes down to triple A to start, I think council has a, a has a hand in all of that stuff and his experience too. And just his reputation around, baseball as maybe the best manager in the game. So I think the biggest effect we'll see is how he handles the pitching staff and where he slots in guys, particularly in the bullpen, how he utilizes them moving forward. Like I'm really, really curious to see how that plays out this year. Yeah, man. Do you think uh, Alzali hangs on this year as the closer? Uh, If you had asked me that a week ago, I'd say, yeah, hundred percent. But council just a few days ago and talking about it seemed to at least leave the door open a bit more for Hector Neris to have a bit more of a, a say in that. So it could mm-hmm. be something of a competition. Maybe it's a 50-50 split, or maybe it just, you know, is one of those things that coaches do where they want to motivate the closer. They don't want anybody to get complacent and think, oh, yeah, I have the closer's job locked down. So I, I think it could be either of those guys. I certainly think Adbert will get a bunch of save opportunities this year, but I don't know that he will for sure be the closer, like the one guy that they go to in the ninth inning and work back from there. Let me bounce around a little bit here. A couple more minutes with Tony Andracchi, Marquee Sports Network. What are the Cubs going to – what do you foresee at first base for the Cubs this year? Yeah, well, that goes back to the Bellinger thing too. Um, yeah. in, in lieu of sign, not signing Bellinger, uh, I think it's Michael Bush, the, the guy they traded for from the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. He provides a left-handed option, and then I think it's Patrick Wisdom provides the right-handed option. And then I, I wouldn't sleep on Matt Mervis either. I think he's a forgotten prospect in a lot of a lot of ways. I mean, nationally, a lot of Cubs fans, I think, maybe are even looking past him. But I don't think the Cubs have given up on him. I think he's a very uh, he's a very likely option at some point throughout this year. And maybe that depends on if Bush hits the ground running or not. Maybe if the Cubs just want another left-handed bat in the DH mix. Who knows? I think I think Mervis is is going to be a part of that at some point. I don't think, given his minor league track record and uh, just a little bit that we've seen, you know, he was only up for about five weeks or so last year yeah. in in May and in June. So when if he gets another opportunity, which I fully expect that to happen, I don't know if that'll happen on opening day. I feel like Mervis is kind of the star horse candidate to be in uh, first base mix this year. I wondered about that. I was talking to Bruce Levine, and he kind of was not as positive about that, about Matt Mervis getting the shot with the bigs. But I'm thinking, man, they really liked it. And I know it, it didn't look good at the big league level 
for Matt Mervis. But I'm like, that's it? That He's just done now? So I'm glad that you kind of brought him back into the into the picture a little bit. There was another name that came up. You're like, don't, don't sleep on, don't forget about Matt Mervis. Another guy that actually Bruce Levine reminded me of the other day, as if we look at the center field position without Cody Bellinger, that somebody like Brendan Davis might be we might start to see him get some chances at the big league level and if a lot of things happened manning center field what do you think about brennan davis the the one-time futures all-star i think what was it 2018 yeah i think between brennan davis matt mervis and alexander canario you have three major wild cards among these like really awesome prospects guys who were had national acclaim you know, as prospect status, but also the the numbers they put up in the minor leagues and their performance down there had been incredible. And, you know, we already talked about Mervis, but for Canario and Brennan Davis, like those two guys, injuries have really taken a toll on them the last few years. And for Canario, it was last year, he came back after last winter having the horrible shoulder and injury, uh, ankle injury on the same play in winter ball. So he came back, he made, you know, a little bit, he had a little bit of a cup of coffee in the big leagues. I think he can certainly be in the mix. Uh, I don't know if he's on the opening day roster, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's not PCA, if it's not Bellinger, if it's like a Talkman and Canario platoon in center field. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Brennan Davis is a guy that I, I really have no idea what to make. I mean, <laughs> it's been two two full years now where it's just been lost seasons for him. And yes. This was this was a guy that they thought, um, was it, yeah, it was going into 2022. They thought he might even make the opening day roster yes. or he might be up in April and and that was what uh, I remember even talking to him that spring. And, you know, he was he was very confident. And we're talking about this guy in the media among the beat writers, like, hey, this guy could be the face of the franchise moving forward. And this was after trading everybody in 2021. And, like, they were looking for a, a long-term piece. And I, I really thought that Brendan Davis was going to be a part of that. So, certainly, the Cubs aren't giving up on him. But I think he kind of – it's at the point now he has to go out and perform. And the last couple of years, because of those injuries – the performance, the numbers just haven't been there. And, and I, I, I would say, you know, right now I'd need to see that. And I think the Cubs need to see that before he's in any sort of big league mix. But, yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, this kid is super talented. But since we've been talking about a lot of the, the prospects and guys that are flirting with the bigs, I think that these, these guys that I'm about to mention are probably a little bit of a ways off, but you could tell me if I'm wrong or not and give me a little synopsis here. Um, Matt Shaw, Ben Brown, and and Kevin Alcantara. Those are names that Cubs fans are getting familiar with. What do you foresee for those guys? Yeah, the uh, I'll start backwards. So Alcantara, I'm not really sure where he plays because we just talked about the outfield. Even if Bellinger doesn't come back, I, you know, you have PCA, you have Talkman, you have Canario, you even have Brendan Davis in there. I don't know where or when Alcantara, where he plays, you know, whenever he makes it to the majors. Um, that I don't know that that's this year either, but he is already on the 40-man and has been for a couple of years, so there wouldn't have to be a major move there. To me, I, I guess my gut would say that he might be a guy that the Cubs trade at some point in a bigger move over the next year, year and a half. Um, but maybe not. Maybe some something else happens along those lines. Mm-hmm. But with both Hap and Seiya having non-trade, no trade clauses in their deal and PCA looking like the center fielder of the future, it, it feels to me like some of these other outfielders might be on their way out of the Cubs organization. And then uh, Ben Brown, yeah, I think he's a guy that's going to factor in a big league picture this year. And I don't know, as a starter, it could be as a reliever that throws multiple innings. His stuff's great. I think the big thing with him is control. 
He walked a few too many guys in the minors last year, but he has strikeout stuff, swing and miss stuff. He he's knocking on the door for sure. I think there was if he it was like a lat injury, I believe that he had. Yeah. If yeah. if it wasn't for that, he would have been the guy, not Jordan Wicks, that came up. I think. Oh, okay. So um, you know, so I think he's he's right there, and okay. he we might see him if there's one pitcher injury, he might be the guy. Okay. And then Matt Shaw after that, he's he seems awesome. I mean, every his what he did in the minor leagues last year in a very short season after being drafted uh, was pretty eye-opening. And now he's drawing this national acclaim among all prospect rankings. And he seems like a guy he's been working on at third. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he took the Nico Horner path and he's up in the big leagues the year after he gets drafted. So it it would not be a shock at all to me if Matt Shaw plays at Wrigley field at some point this year. And given the fact that they're working him out at third, I mean, that seems like the most likely spot for him too, because the middle infield for the Cubs between Dansby and Nico is locked up for years to come. So I think I think the Cubs are high on, on all three of those guys. It's just a matter of fit and and when maybe they would be up. I love it, man. That is some great stuff, Tony. Thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yep, you got it. That's Tony Andraki, Marquee Sports Network. It is exciting to not just talk about those Cubs prospects but hear about the possibilities of them joining the team at Sean, Ben Brown. I mean, I love that idea that those guys could get time in the big leagues. This And Cade Horton, the fireballer we've been hearing about, the possibilities exist and seeing if some, if, you know, PCA, P. Crow Armstrong, if these guys take the next step, like they're starting to be here. Yeah. And Brennan Davis. Good to hear his name again. I like talking about Brendan Davis. Coming up next, we're going to keep it at the Cubs because the Cubs owner, Tom Ricketts, addressed his team, his annual spring training address, and he also took questions from the media. So we will listen to that next. I'm Mark Grody, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.